0: Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Tika Teds Podcast. My name is Justin Canavan, or Canavan in Japan, your Assemblies of God World Missionary to Scuba Japan. I'm currently in Japan. I arrived in Japan two days ago, and I'm in quarantine. And uh, you know, I've been meaning to get this first episode out for a while, and, and so I, I started editing it and and uh, wanted to get it out to you. What is the Tika Teds Podcast? Well, the Tika Teds Podcast is essentially a podcast talking about what the vision is uh, for planting 20 churches in Japan and reaching those who've never been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ we had a bunch of pastors and uh, friends asking questions about this vision and asking questions like what does it cost to plant a church in Japan and why do you do team the way you do and among many other questions and so uh, my church playing team leader Chris Carter and I started talking about this at the kitchen table when we were having Having meetings and just just talking and and we, we he started answering these questions for me and then then it came about hey uh, Chris actually told, asked me why don't we make a podcast and so uh, so here we are we <laughs> we made a podcast we we filmed this and and recorded this about two months ago and uh, it's been a crazy journey of going back and getting to the field in Japan. And since I'm in quarantine right now, I figured it would be a perfect opportunity to release the first episode. And so this first conversation with Chris Carter, my church planting team leader, is all about the big vision of planting 20 churches and, and the story behind it. And and um, And in future episodes, we're going to answer that question. uh, What does it cost to plan a church in Japan? Why do we do team and many, many others? Uh, This first episode also is uh, not the perfect quality that I would uh, prefer when I'm uh, releasing something, but the content is really, really good. And so I figured it, it would be still beneficial to release. So please excuse the little shadow in the background that you'll see and and a few audio issues uh, will get much better as we go along. And uh, please share this video and uh, like, uh, like this on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're watching it. Or if you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify, please uh, like it, rate and review it. And it, this just helps us get this in front of more people. I hope you enjoy the first episode of the Tika Ted's podcast. Welcome to the Tika Teds podcast. Uh, this is a new podcast. We've never done this before. This First is a time. new thing um, for us. But the goal of this podcast is to talk about planting 20 churches in Scuba Japan and the intricacies and stuff like that and reaching the never reach of Japan with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am Justin Canavan or Canavan in Japan. It rhymes. It's really easy to remember. I'm part of team Tika church planting team in Scuba Japan, and this is my church planting team leader uh, Chris Carter and uh, tell us about yourself Chris. Okay well uh, I'm Chris Carter as Justin has
1: just said and uh, my family and I have been missionaries in Japan for nine years now. Uh, We started our missions adventure in the Philippines where I was teaching at Asia Pacific Theological Seminary. I ended up in Uh, The Philippines doing that after going through uh, a long journey in education. I uh, went to Central Bible College, then the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary, then Fuller Theological Seminary, and then ended up in Scotland at the University of Aberdeen where Mm. I worked with I. Howard Marshall and with Francis Watson and Andrew Clark and wrote a PhD on Paul's theology of material
0: possessions. Wait, 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 wait. So, um, can you, do you have a good Scottish accent?
1: No, no, No. I don't have a good Scottish (laughs) accent and I- Give us your best try. It's terrible. (laughs) No, we want to hear it. Um, no. Okay, okay, continue on. (laughs) I have too many friends in Scotland. (laughs) Okay, Okay. yeah, we
0: don't want to offend anyone that that might be joining in.
1: I cannot do a Scottish accent. (laughs) And it would be a bad idea for okay. me to try. Yes,
0: I, I can't either. It's just fun to put other people on the spot.
1: Yeah. No,
0: I'm not playing that game. OK.
1: <laughs> anyway, so uh, after finishing my PhD at the University of Aberdeen, we were appointed as missionaries. And uh, we thought that you know it would be education. Uh, I felt like God was going to have me teaching and equipping uh, pastors on the mission field. And I figured that I would just be in the classroom and writing, and that would be it. But uh, as we were in the Philippines, we had a really kind of dramatic experience where God called us to Japan. But even then, I thought, well, you know, I'll be teaching at the Bible college in Japan. Uh, So that's kind of how we went to Japan, thinking, okay, we're going to be in Japan. I'll be teaching New Testament studies at Central Bible College. Um, And so we went to language school and stuff. And then I started teaching at Central Bible College and we were helping out at uh, Scuba International Christian Assembly where my friend David Himes was the pastor. And um, we were kind of doing the role of associate pastors, which was, it was good. And we got into doing some uh, Chi Alpha college uh, ministry at the time as well. But I hadn't ever considered that God would make me a pastor. That wasn't something that I I saw happening in the future. Uh, but then David Himes went on itineration and he asked me, you know, will you be the interim pastor of Tico while I'm itinerating? And wow. I said, no, no, I won't do that. Yeah. Um, I was really busy, and I was trying to learn Japanese, and I didn't want to be a pastor. So a few months later, David comes back, and he's like, well, you know, if you don't do this, no one will. Mm. Uh, So, you know, we were kind of faced with, okay, we're going to sit in the church and kind of bemoan the fact that, hey, no one's here to pastor us. Woe is us. Um, Or we could just step up and do it. And so we took that as, uh, you know, david and god i guess twisting our arms
0: (laughs) (laughs) isn't that interesting how like god kind of puts you in a place in a position where you're like i'm not going to do this and then sometimes he encourages you in a different way to be a part and do something about it right
1: yeah yeah some sometimes um you know god speaks to us through burning bush or a voice and sometimes he just puts us in a place where something needs done, and we're the only people to do it, and that's his leading. <laughs> so, yeah. and that was the case with us. Uh, so we we started doing this interim pastor gig, and it, it went really well. Um, you know, things were happening at the church, and you know, it, it was it was growing, and um, we were really excited about it. At the end of our time as interim pastors, it, it was pretty clear that we needed a bigger building, and so. Um, we were about to go on itineration. I got in touch with David, and I'm like, hey, man, you're going to have to build a bigger building because the church is growing, uh, so good luck with that. Right. And he's like, well, no, actually, you're going to have to build the building because <laughs> I'm retiring. <laughs> and we're like, what? You're retiring? <laughs> and and so then, you know, we asked the people at Tika, hey, um, you know, The Heimses are retiring. Do you want us like permanently? You know, if you don't, that's okay. Right. Um, We're cool with it. But if you do, we'll stay. And they're like, no, we we think you should stay. And so um, that's how we became the pastors. Then we came back for our second term, and during that time, we really um, felt that God was calling us to build a team. And so we just started asking people to come and join us. And Justin is one of the people that ended up with us through that process right. of just inviting people to join us. And um, now we have uh, this ministry going and a vision to plant churches. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. the story up until this point.
0: Good, good. Um, that's, that's really cool. That's actually kind of, you know, brings me to my journey and and how God called me. I actually started uh, by going on a uh, short-term six-week trip with Evangel University and and finishing my degree and then went and served with the Carters uh, for six weeks. And uh, God used that to challenge me to pray about coming back for one year. And so I came back for one year with the Carters and God called me to go back for a lifetime. So it's interesting, again, how God leads you from one place to another place and uh, to a, a place where he wants you to be. And I remember saying that I I don't think I want to ever be a missionary. I don't think I want to go to Japan. It's too hard. I remember saying that. And today is kind of a journey of, man, God has called me to do this, so I'm gonna do it out of obedience. And uh, it's, it's been amazing to see what God's done in the process. Thank you for that, thank you for sharing that and kind of giving some background. Uh, today, the, the whole purpose of today is kind of give an overview of uh, this planting 20 churches along the Scuba Express kind of tell us about uh, what what's going on with that, the vision, the goal. And, and um, in future episodes, we're going to kind of talk about uh, some of the questions that people have asked us, such as uh, what does a church plant cost in Japan? What does it take? Uh, uh, why team? What's the theological and practical perspectives for doing team ministry in japan and just team ministry in general as well and uh you know if you can uh before we get kind of get into this uh, would you uh like share and comment on this if you're watching this or if you are listening to this on itunes or spotify uh could you rate and review it and just help us to get this in front of more people uh, we'd appreciate it very much and uh, we can't wait to see what god's going to do through this and and through this vision so uh chris tell us about Uh, Tika, and uh, tell us about the vision of planting 20 churches. Why and how did this happen?
1: So the vision to plant 20 churches was something that kind of developed over time. Uh, What we started with was just this really clear sense that God wanted to build a team. Mm. Um, And so we, we just started asking people to come. And as we did that, um, I continued to pastor the church, teach at the Bible college, um, be involved with our uh, district um, in Japan with Japanese pastors and um, learning more about the church in Japan and um, the needs of our field. And one of the things that just um, became really clear is that, God is is using international churches in this season in Japan. Um, the church in Japan is in general shrinking, not growing. Mm-hmm. But that isn't true among international churches. And yeah. one of the reasons is that um, whereas Japanese people are, they're not really interested in Christianity as Christianity. Um, and you know, that's that's just a fact. Japan is one of the least reached countries in the world, you know. I think it's second second least reached in the world. Well, me. yeah, depending on how you want right. to parse that out, it's the second largest unreached people group. Gotcha. So less than 1% Christian. Um, so if, if you want to talk about percentages of Christianity in a country, it's, you know, one of the least reached. If you want to talk about people groups, it is precisely number two, the second yeah. largest unreached people group. Yes. And people always ask me, uh, what is the largest? And that is the people of Bangladesh. Yeah. Um, but the Japanese are the second largest. Right. Um, but the point is, there's a reason for that. I mean, missionaries have been in Japan for 400 years. Right. Um, and so it's not like no one has ever gone to Japan. Um, but there are a lot of different cultural things going on that really make Japanese people not very interested in the gospel, Hmm. but they are interested in English. They are interested in Western culture. And one of the things, you know, we found is that um, people aren't gonna come to church for church. They're gonna come to church for something else. Hmm. And the international church always has English. So there's always that big, huge something else Mm. that brings people into church. Um, And and so we believe that one of the best ways, uh, one of the most effective tools, that is for bringing the Japanese into contact with the gospel is the international church. Mm. And so kind of just thinking through that, well, if we want to bring in lots of Japanese, not just a few, not just a few hundred, but, you know, many thousands and put them in contact with the gospel. Well, what would that look like? Well, it's got to look like, um, first of all, a lot bigger churches than we
0: see anywhere in Japan right now and a lot more of them. So, so real quick for anyone that might not know the details of how big churches tend to be, kind of give us some background on that.
1: Well, our church is the largest Assemblies of God church in Ibaraki, which is our
0: prefecture. Um, just kind of like in terms of that Missouri... Yeah,
1: so I, I was getting to that. Just okay. hold on. All right. Hold on. <laughs> so Ibaraki is you know, geographically a pretty small area, um, but it has the population of the state of Kansas. So three million people in Ibaraki. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it touches Tokyo, which is another prefecture Um, but Ibaraki, you know, think of it like the size of the state of Kansas Mm. in population and in that whole, you know, kind of vast population, our church that, you know, really we have 120 people on our very best Sunday, right? That's like, yeah, this is rockin'. Come on, on, we've got (laughs) 120 people in this place. We're excited, you know, so like... We're
0: like a mega church of that area. Yeah, so...
1: So I tell people, you know, just think about a church in Japan and put, you know, put a couple or or put a zero behind however the attendance is. And that's what it would be like in the United States. You've got 120 people. You've got like a church of 1,200 in the United States. It's a a going place. Right. Um, And and so that's how the church is. Um, And we've really got to do something to change that. You know, we have to connect with more people. Um, And so just thinking through, well, what would it look like to to connect with a lot of people? Mm -hmm. Um, What would it look like to bring a lot of people into the community of Christians so that they could taste what it means um, to experience the presence of God and, and His people and their love? Um, what would we need to do? Well, we've got to have the capacity to bring in a lot of people, which means things like space, but we also have to have, um, you know, the kind of resources to bring people into church through things that aren't necessarily church. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of those things kind of led us to the conclusion that, um, okay, we need, first of all, Bigger churches than we see in Japan right now, and we need more of them. Mm. Um, and that kind of gets to the heart of what we're trying to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, bigger churches and more of them. Uh, I think that plays into the whole group concept. Uh, Some people that might be watching might not know the differences in uh, group culture and individualistic culture, so kind of explain how that kind of fits into this whole, like, hey, if we can bring a group together, we're more likely to reach people.
1: Yeah, that's also a big part of what we're trying to do. Um, You know, if, if you take a couple, say you got this, you know, really promising couple, they just graduate from... Bible school and you're like, okay, go plant a church. Um, Well, what typically happens is you'd send them somewhere where there isn't a church and then you'd have two people working really hard to get three and then three people working really hard to get four. But in Japan, that is like a decades long process. You know, you work and you work and you work and you work and and you know you may do that for ten years and only have five or six people, mm. and it's a very discouraging process. Yeah. Um, the the reason that it is like that is that Japan is fundamentally a group based culture, and so you know if you've got three or five or even ten people, you don't really have a group, yeah. and the smaller the group the harder it is for people to want to join it Mm. um, because no one wants to be different. So the more people who are in a group, the less it seems different. Um, And so that's part of our vision as well. Um, We want to plant every church we plant with a pastoral team of 10 and a congregation of a hundred. And and part of the rationale for that is uh, we want like a strong, cohesive group from day one so that we can save those decades and decades of scraping the hard ground, trying to um, get a group together that will be comfortable for people to enter. Um, Start with that on day one. And we believe that will really help to pull more and more um, non Christians into the influence of the kingdom of God and the community of his people that is in Japan.
0: Awesome, awesome. I think that's a great explanation of this group culture. And it just makes sense. Like, don't try to reach people in an individualistic way in a group culture. Like, I mean, if it's a group culture, you should be reaching people in a group culture way. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm really excited to see kind of uh, what God does through that. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about uh, planting 20 churches? Why plant 20 churches along the Scuba Express train line? How does that make sense? Why why is that a, a thing?
1: Yeah, that's kind of just something that um, came to me as I was riding the Scuba Express because I teach in the middle of tokyo at um, central bible college which is you know um, right in basically the heart of tokyo so i go in there once a week and i teach new testament courses and as i do i ride from scuba through tokyo on the scuba express train line and you know as i rode that train over and over again and you know, prayed for the people of Japan as I did so, uh, it really just occurred to me, you know, this is a train that goes right through, you know, first of all, one of the densely or most densely populated areas of the planet. Um, You know, Tokyo has about 37 million people living in it. And the Scuba Express basically shoots like an arrow right into that massive uh, population of Mm. The never reached. Yeah. And so there's no more strategic place than the Scuba Express train line on planet Earth in terms of where the, the gospel needs to uh, penetrate into the never reached. And so there's that. And then everything in Japan mm-hmm. is centered around train lines. Right. Um, you know, the most desirable apartment is near the train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is about access to trains. And so it just occurred to me, you know, what would it be like to have a vibrant, you know, international church at every single one of the stops of this train line that goes right into the center of Tokyo? Um, you know, that would be one of the most strategic things we could do in missions in Japan in terms of reaching this huge uh, block of people who so desperately need the gospel. And so it was just something that as God was talking to us about team and he was talking to us about reaching the Japanese people and giving us creative ideas for doing that, it's just something that kind of gradually dawned on us that, okay, we have been planted here in this very strategic location and God is speaking to us about planting churches and doing it this way. This is this is what uh, he wants to do. It wasn't like uh, a sudden vision. It was right. just something that kind of uh, grew and dawned on me and dawned on Lindsay kind of slowly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, um, I think the best analogy that I've seen as I've been able to talk with pastors is it's kind of like a highway, highways and freeways in mm-hmm. in the United States. And, and like if you plant a church near a, a, a very visible place, in a very visible place near a highway, you're more likely to get more mm-hmm. people to be a part of it. And because there's lots of people driving by and you have a considerable exposure constantly. And so would that be a correct assumption in, in like explaining it
1: little bit? Or? Yeah, that's kind of a good analogy, but um, freeways are less important in the United sure. States than trains are in Japan. Right. Uh, the, the Japanese people are just obsessed with trains for one thing. They love them. <laughs> um, but the other thing is uh, they're they're you know they're they're not like this wide freeway thing. It's like life is actually centered around the train stations and so you know you can you can put down a church by a train station and you know you will have just literally hundreds of thousands of people on foot in in uh reach Mm. all the time
0: um so train stations are super strategic yeah yeah okay yeah, I think that that explains it really well. Thank you for for explaining that and and going through that. Um, one of the things that is kind of interesting to me in this and and uh, is that uh, the amount of churches. How many churches are at those twenty stops? I know we've done a little bit of research, but uh, do you kind of can you kind of tell us how many churches estimated? Well,
1: I don't I don't have specific numbers for every stops uh, every stop and. Probably um, all of them would have you know one or two churches at least in mm. the vicinity. Right. Um, in our area of Japan in general, I can tell you that one in three cities have no church at all right um, and eventually we want to you know get get something done about that problem, right um, But the first thing to do is to grow really vibrant, right. um, exciting churches where the Spirit of God is moving. And you know our eventual plan is for all of those churches to take this DNA of church planting and start a, an exponential kind yeah. of growth yeah. um, that will deal with with that issue. The other thing I would say is that although there may be churches, you know, in the vicinity of those train stations, there are literally millions of people around them. And wow. the churches that are there you know, have the capacity for a few hundred when there are millions who are in need. Right. Um, so we could plant 200 churches around each of those train stations and it wouldn't be enough for yeah. er- everyone to be wow. reached with the gospel. Wow. I mean, when you're talking about 37 million people in one area, and very, very few churches. We could plan a thousand churches along the Scuba Express train line, wow. and it wouldn't be enough. Wow! It wouldn't be enough. Um, so there's so much work to be done that it's almost overwhelming.
0: Yeah. But we know this is how God has told us to start. Yeah. And we're called to be obedient, just do what God says to do. And so we, um, we're we going to end our episode today, and, and we're going to talk more about this. Uh, but I want to challenge you to pray with us uh, for this uh, big, audacious vision and dream of planting 20 churches along the Scuba Express line. And we're going to be talking about team and why team, I, I think, in this next episode. Uh, part of the vision is to bring 200 team members that God would call 200 missionaries to come alongside of us. And so would you pray about that with us? Pray for 200 missionaries and maybe someone that's uh, watching this or listening to this is called to be a missionary. Dare to ask God and maybe uh, he'll he'll speak to you about it. And I want to challenge you if he does speak to you about it, Take a step of action towards your faith because faith without works is simply dead. It, it, so take a step of action towards your faith. And it may not look like you think it will look, and it may be just a simple step of let's go on a short-term missions trip like I did. I went on a short-term missions trip, which led me to one year, which led me to a lifetime. So take that step. And thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. We want to make this uh, productive and, and creative and uh, just to talk about uh, missions in Japan. And so we want to hear feedback from you. We want to know what you think. We want to um, know what you'd like covered and questions you might have because we'll we'll kind of talk through that in future episodes. And um, remember again to like, share, and comment if you're watching this, and to uh, to review, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. It just helps us get this in front of more people. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, the whole goal of this is to plant 20 churches along the Scuba Express line in Scuba Japan and reach the never reach of japan with the gospel of jesus christ thank you so much wow what a rich conversation that was and and so many intricacies of the big vision and you know what 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 gets me excited about it is it's way beyond our abilities it's way beyond my team's abilities and we have incredible team members on our team And yet it's way beyond us. And so we know that we have to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit to make it happen. And uh, it's complicated. So we appreciate your prayers. And thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of the Tika Ted's podcast. Please, again, remember to like, share, and comment on this on YouTube and and subscribe on YouTube as well. And then uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, please like it, please rate and review it. This just helps us get this in front of more people. And until next time, where we'll be talking about another uh, conversation about planting 20 churches in Japan and reaching those who've never been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless.